The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This episode is powered by DEN Certifications. You want to deepen your practice or supplement your knowledge for your day-to-day job? You'd be surprised to know how many certifications we do offer. All levels of Reiki, intuitive healing, compassion, animal communications, and of course, our deep 400-hour meditation teacher training program. Go to denmeditation.com and look under certifications for more information. And I am so excited to do this panel. We've been trying to put this together for a long time because I think it is so important. It's how to heal yourself. This is what we do here at the Den. It's not just meditation. Anyone who comes here knows there's plenty of workshops and we have healings upstairs as well. And there is so much about energetic and energy healings. People just don't know and don't trust. I think a lot of people feel like it's just a sham or they're just nervous and confused. There's so many modalities out there. So why I wanted this is have these four amazing people here help demystify it a little bit, make you understand, and not only that, empower you to know that you can do this yourself, that we all have this ability to do it, and figure out how you can even start doing it. Some of you might already be there, some of you might not. So whether this is something personal, you have something going on in your life, whether it's emotional, whether you have a chronic illness, whether you've been, it's colitis or lupus or anything, or you've battled cancer, whatever it is, there is other ways and other modalities to help you, and we're all here for you and to explain it. So that's also why this Q&A is so important. Don't be shy. I know every single one of you has something that you can ask, and this is, I think, such an important thing to know. So I really want to encourage you to have those ready. So per usual, we're going to do the interview. Then we're going to do, we're going to close with a lovely, we're going to be so lucky to have a Reiki healing meditation from Kelsey. And then we will do the Q&A after that. And then like always, we're going to be in outside where we can mingle and chat, drink a little bit, eat a little bit, and just enjoy each other's company. So let me introduce our amazing, amazing healers. So we'll start with Kels, Kelsey Patel, who's been with the Den since the beginning. She's an incredible Reiki healer, practitioner. She also does her certifications here, so if you ever want to get certified under Kelsey. And she is also an intuitive healing coach. She does everything, and she's amazing and travels the world and teaches. And then we have Katie Kylie. Did I do it? Yes. We changed names really briefly in the back. (laughs) Um, So we have Katie Kylie, who is the founder of Gateway Healing. And what is that, you ask? It is a healing modality she found and created when she was actually curing herself. She was diagnosed, and she'll probably talk about this more too, she was diagnosed with a virus that had no cure that actually can cause cancer, and she was feeling a little helpless and a little bit in despair, and she actually ended up finding this modality and curing herself. And people thought it was a miracle, and now she is taking this miracle, and she is teaching others, and she goes around the world teaching it. And she will also be here teaching and doing a certification for that in the next year. So now we move to Colleen McCann. Anyone who heard that episode, it was last week, released it. I think it was episode 62. You should check it out. We're getting incredible response for it. It's so much fun. Um, She is an everything healer, shamanic healing, crystal readings, psychic readings, intuitive readings, everything. What's also so fun about her, and please listen to this episode, all of her healing abilities, like 
turned on one day. So imagine that, you feel like you're normal, and then all of a sudden you're seeing people, hearing people, can read everyone's thoughts in one second. It's like ghosts, colors, idea. I mean, she'll talk about it. She thought she was crazy. Thank God for us, she didn't like check herself into a mental institution, and instead, she luckily found the right people who guided her, and now she is healing every single day and is amazing. And then we have Dr. Tim Barreto, who I love because he's a combination of, he's a chiropractor and also an energy healer combined to one, and he does both every single day. So I love that you bring that perspective here too. He trained under Dr. Saling, correct? Yes. Yep. Where he really Dr. learned- Kevin Michael as well. Oh, right, oh great. Where he really learned kind of what encompasses the whole body energetically. So he also brings that perspective too. So we've got incredible healers. They do different modalities. Again, get your questions ready. So let's give them a hand for being here. And before we start, don't forget, we also always have our list of all the Dentox Lives that are coming up. Our next one, I would be remiss if I didn't mention it, July 26th, it's a Friday night. We have Paul Selig. He is an internationally renowned channeler. He does not do big events. We were just doing a one-on-one, -on -one and somehow we convinced him to do a live event. He is going to channel. He's going to actually read the room. This is going to sell out. It's going to be amazing. And he has a couple of books because he really has been able to channel some incredibly helpful and pertinent information for mankind. So make sure you reserve your spots for that. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Okay, so let's start. We're gonna start with kind of just like a basic question for all of you guys. Just for the room, what do you guys feel like the most basic definition of energy healing is for you guys? And talk a little bit about the modalities you do and what they are. And let's keep it brief, but just so everybody get, get a little bit of an idea. I'll start with you, Kelsey. Yeah. Okay. Um, hi, I'm so happy to see you all. Um, so for me, the most basic has been self-love, period, bottom line. Um, and that much of my own journey, like I'm sure for many of them, started from a place of not being well, of illness, of back pain, drinking wine every night, taking Advil every night to try to cure my back pain and not knowing the difference. Um, so... I do Reiki, and I found Reiki when I moved to L.A. Reiki is a Japanese healing modality. We use our hands, the palms chakras, to connect to life force energy. And the entire intention behind Reiki is balance and harmony. So I've also, I do EFT, emotional freedom technique, tapping. We can maybe do it tonight right before we do our meditation. Um, and that's it. I don't know. Yeah, I do a lot of other things. Do you want to talk about what EFT is for a second? Yeah, EFT, emotional freedom technique, a.k.a. tapping. How many of you have done tapping before? All right, so Ooh, there we this go. This is awesome, by the way. That was an awesome it. response. Um, yeah, so uh, EFT, so you're basically tapping on different meridians, on different, you call them acupressure points or places in the body where we hold a lot of our nerves kind of coming together at one particular place. So if you've ever had acupuncture, right, they're working on these different channels, these different chi points where a lot of nerves come together and that can be a place that needs to be open to release blockages, to create movement, harmony in the body. So EFT, it's kind of like, I describe it as your own natural way of doing acupuncture on yourself, of doing a little bit of therapy, a little bit of cognitive behavioral therapy all at once. And while you're doing EFT, you're speaking to the problem or the feeling or the issue that you're having inside. So I had a lot of anxiety um, for many, many years. I didn't know that it was anxiety. I didn't know. I just thought I was like a get shit done kind of person. But it turns out I was running away from myself <laughs> and all of the shit in my life. So EFT has been a really great way for 
for me. I'll do it in my car on the way to something when I feel my anxiety flaring up. I'll do it before a big meeting. So it's just a great tool, like all of the things that we're gonna talk about tonight. EFT, Reiki, all of these different modalities are just, I think, great tools to have in your tool belt, your toolkit of life for your own self-healing. Amazing, Katie. So what was the question again? <laughs> This is how the night's gonna go. No, I'm just kidding. So, do you? What do you? What is your definition of energy healing? And also talk a little bit about, let's say, gateway healing. Perfect. Um, so, my definition of gate, um, gateway healing and energy healing is tapping into the unseen world. I believe that there is a huge crew of spiritual beings standing, waiting, knocking on our door, wanting to come in through and help. And because of our resistance, we do not allow them in. So my definition of energy healing is that with partnership with spirit, with partnership with the other dimensions, healing is possible. Miracles are possible. And that's what gateway healing is about as well, um, which is what I do. And the other thing that I do is soul readings, which I actually don't do that often anymore because... Um, they take a very long time. They take It's a six-hour process of tuning into your soul, who you are, what you've been in past lives, why are you here, what your life lessons are, and things of that nature. But as far as gateway healing goes, I didn't even know um, how much help we have on the other side, how much they are wanting to come in through until I got my virus and I got my cancer. And I knocked on every door that I could to naturally heal it. And for nine months, it just progressed worse and worse and worse. Until one day, I was on my knees, crying on the floor. Has anyone had a surrender moment when you're like, God, I beg you, please help? That was my surrender moment. And um, after that, I lay on the bed, and I started to connect to spirit, to God, whatever you want to call it and did this breath connection thing for around 45 minutes. Um, and at the end of the 45 minutes, it was this experience of uh, almost like, it felt like God was in the room. It felt like a feeling of tremendous peace and ecstasy at the same time. Um, and a week later, when Anne got retested, and stage three cancer had disappeared along with the virus. And so that is gateway healing, or the birth of gateway healing. <laughs> Amazing. Right, it is. That's a clap moment. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Colleen? Hello, everyone. Um, so I think I would piggyback on what these two ladies said. And energy healing helps us to tap into places that we can't see with our eyes and also helps us to move things that maybe don't belong to us or just we're not interested in holding anymore. Um, and so as Tal mentioned, I had the grand fuck my life moment and was in a bodega in Brooklyn and started hearing voices and seeing ghosts walk through my apartment and, you know, all the things. <laughs> and yeah, All those um, things that happen to everybody every day. <laughs> And 11 years later, I found that I had jumped down all these different rabbit holes, and I learned crystals, and I became a Reiki master, and I ended up in shaman school, 
And then I took all of these tools and kind of, kind of formed my own thing and realized that I really gravitated towards divination, which is something we'll talk about later, which you guys all actually already participated in by picking those crystals. And so divination actually helps us to um, track our own energy, like our unseen energy as Katie said, right? So our body is the greatest barometer for what we need. So when we're actually going to pick crystals, that can help us to tap into what's actually going on into our body in places that maybe we can't identify. Amazing. Hello, everybody. Thank you. Um, so everything every, every, everyone has said here is right on with how I see it as well. Um, I would only add, as far as energy healing, is really finding our own key that unlocks all of the, the barriers that we create from this full potential that we, that we all have inherited. So through many different means and avenues, we can stumble upon that, which I think all of us kind of had our own journey with. Um, for me personally, I guess I had my midlife crisis at 22, uh, f from music going into despair and, and finding like the, the joy of music being something that no longer brought joy. And so uh, at that point, I basically spent months uh, in bookstores and libraries and reading different philosophies and philosophers. And then one morning just woke up and was like, okay, I want to do massage, work on people, get my hands on people. And picked the school and started going, and that's kind of when my site opened up, which felt very um, disruptive, uh, alarming, because it was you know, I was working on somebody, and I felt there was something in there I had to get to, and I couldn't quite get my hands on it, but I could reach in energetically. And when I found it and and just untapped it, it was like this this green light just shot straight into my face and knocked me back. It felt sick, felt terrible. I was like, this is not good. And my teacher was like, oh, this is great. It means you're really sensitive to energy. It's like, okay. Uh. So she's like, you need to go talk to this teacher and find out how to, how to organize that, how to work with that energy so that it's not overwhelming and you can dial it in. And so that led me to finding one of my teachers who at the time, he was beginning some of this work called quantum kinetics. Um, it was the, at the very early stages of the work, and he was a chiropractor who, two weeks after graduating from chiropractic school, was killed in an automobile accident where he had a broken neck. When he, he, he died for about two to four minutes, and so at that time, he had this whole experience, which then once he came back after obviously his physical body needed to go into repair, but then once he started to be able to work with people, he was feeling and seeing all these different energies. So I met him at the very early time when he started to develop some of this, and we kind of both had a similar language, and I was able to monitor and see what he was doing. So then that led us to working together, and we probably worked together for about 20 years. He recently passed away, maybe about four years ago. Uh, but it's been an incredible journey of just understanding how our thoughts, how our beliefs, our perceptions of what we create as our own reality of construct 
reflects into our physical body and how that can also be a little bit of, uh, I, I come in, in contact with a lot of people who do a lot of spiritual work and move through these layers, but then maybe stuck in a physical body representation of what was a previous self. And so it led me to understanding how to connect in with a cellular matrix to unlock the physical aspect that may be so real and stuck, but once we can move into that dimensional doorway, the, the physical just follows, and it's it's really incredible and, and humbling to witness that. And so I, I love participating in that every day. As chiropractic, um, that being a small part of what I would do with somebody during a session, because we're not just a bag of bones, but this whole interdimensional reality that that we are going to really dive into today. So this is really exciting to be here. Thank you. So all of you kind of really mentioned blocks. Like, this is all there. It's really easy. It's really accessible. But there, we get in our own heads, and there's too many mental blocks. But you also just kind of mentioned the power of thought. So I just want to dive into that, too, for all of you. Talk about the energy behind thought and the power it has, and then the combination of when it's not serving us and when it actually can serve us. Who wants to start? Want to pick it up since you kind of just left there? Well, it's interesting. One aspect you could see is our thoughts being created by through our own experiences or how we interpret our experiences. So that's going to be so independent to our own specific life lessons, um, which for me kind of goes into this, the spiritual curriculum of how we've set up our pre-contracts to have opportunities to wake up so a lot of times the thoughts could be, we could be judging our own thoughts, whether they are good or bad or destructive. But at the point where we can, for me, what I've found is moving into a compassionate self-forgiveness um, energy where it's bringing the thought. I feel it's, it's, there's the thought that paints the picture of like, okay, this is, this is part of the reality that's happening. But now how can I separate myself from thought and bring it into a, a heart space that allows me to dismantle the thought or to witness how the thought manifested, which then for me would reintegrate a new thought that is followed by, by a heart decision, heart consciousness. So I think, I don't know if that's more convoluted because there are many aspects <laughs> of thought. So what, what you're thinking m is pointing exactly where you need to go. And if your own thoughts are upsetting you or triggering you, that's perfect. That's exactly where, where it needs to be. And then that's, that's where the work starts. And I'd like to add something to that as well. Um, you know, thoughts are great and, you know, a lot of us spend so much time trying to think positive thoughts and look in the mirror and the, you know, Louise Alhays and all of that stuff. But, you know, our conscious thoughts are just 20% of the power inside of us. It's really our subconscious, that hidden layer in the psyche, that's really the huge problem maker and it's what we are so unaware of. Um, I remember I had this client that came to me once who had crazy anxiety. 
out of nowhere, he would be in a business meeting and his anxiety would come up, or he'd just be having a conversation with his wife and his anxiety would come up. Just at these random times, he would be putting his child to sleep and his anxiety would come up. And you know, he had tried everything like medications and things of that nature to try and heal his anxiety and nothing had worked. And one day, you know, we, he did a healing session and you know, he's talking about his problems and things of that nature. And, um, you know, I tried to tune in and kind of go through the layers to see what was going on, but couldn't really pick up on much. So we got him on the healing table, and we're 10 minutes into the session, and all of a sudden he goes into this most quietest place inside of him, like there's this processing going on. And after the session, you know, I, I said, what happened there? You just almost went somewhere else. And he said... I saw this memory of when I was just born. Um, I was a preemie baby, and there were two nurses standing in front of my crib, you know, at the hospital. And the nurses were speaking to each other, and they were saying, this kid's not going to make it. This kid's not going to make it past next week. This kid is going to die soon. And ever since then, that thought, that belief has been in court inside of him where out of nowhere he'll have a random anxiety attack, panic attack. So more than just our conscious thoughts, we really want to pay attention to what's going on underneath, hidden in the psyche. So what is it for each of you when you're doing your work that you see? Like, so, or feel or hear, I'm sure for each of you it's different. So... Like, Kelsey, we can start with you. Because I do want to help people also understand, like, the energy part of this and what's happening. And so, for, especially for people who don't know how to do it or feel it, can you put it a little more tangible? So for you, and I know it's going to be different for all of you, but for you, what is it when you're working with someone or what do you see? How do you see a block? What does it feel like? Sure. So oftentimes for me, it's like I could look at somebody and... It's not that I feel what you're feeling, because clearly each of you have your own unique life story, have your own pain, your own joy, your own insecurities, your own fears, and many of those things come from, it could be, I don't really work as much in the realm of, of past life regression and that energy, but I do really understand imprints, imprints of childhood, imprints of belief systems, imprints of how you are a construct and how you need to present yourself into society. And so a lot of the people I work with have anxiety or have a lot of physical pain. It's not lost on me that that's how I got into healing work. So I attract a lot of those human beings because we can connect and I can, I can really see them. And I can, from a deep place within myself, I can really understand that vibration. Um, and so when I work with somebody... I, what I call, it's really simple, but I call it peeing, peeling back the layers of the onion. So it might be, I have all this anxiety, I feel really overwhelmed, I feel really like fearful, I have money stuff, it's love stuff, will I ever meet my partner, will I ever heal this pain, will I ever get that job, will I ever be that human I, I know I can be? And then we start going into that energy and we get all the way down to the core and typically at the core, what I've found is it comes down to like a couple basic things that I don't, I'm not enough, that I don't feel like I matter, 
that, so there's just these final energies and then we put it in to a vibrating, loving, healing energy so that they can release and get permission to dissolve it. You know, because it's kind of like if you start asking yourself, what if, what if, what if, that will be an endless spiral. But if you start to ask yourself another vibration of why not? Why not let this go? Why not live without this pain? Why not? So that to me is sort of the construct of the mind as well, is starting to turn on. We have these atrophied muscles inside of us. It could be the unseen world. It could be the physical body, like Tim's talking about, with all of the layers. And I work a lot with the emotional body. So it's tuning into how you can give yourself permission to say, I could also turn up the other energy of joy, of health, of confidence, of happiness, of the unknown, right? Many people want to just control, control, control what's going to come up next. So sometimes it's important to start to work with the energy of just experiencing the unknown. But that also goes to what we were just talking about, the power of thought, yeah. which is energy is a vibration. It is there. And if you're putting, you, every thought has energy behind it. Yep. So you can either power it with the energy towards a negative thought, which is still going to move forward, it's still going to have the same impact, yep. or you can power a positive thought. So it's still all energy and the power of thought, which I love. I feel It like is. That. It's all a vibration. And you, you know, the thing, I spoke to 700 sorority girls at Penn State this year. And when I asked them, how many of you experience anxiety on a daily basis, how many hands do you think raised? I think the other, like, 5% were sleeping because they were just <laughs> fucking tired. But... All their hands raised, and I was like, this is an epidemic. We have a problem. And I say we because we're truly all vibrating as a society. We are also energetically feeding off of each other's vibration of fear. So if we can choose, it's choice. It really is choice. If we can choose to connect to the vibration of love, to the vibration, even if you don't want to go to, like, happiness and joy, joy, and butterflies, what about just not all the other stuff. What about just possibility? Just like maybe. That even could be an energy to take in instead. And then what about you? For you, what do you, when you're working on someone or healing someone, what do you see? What do you feel like? How, what, is, what is it for you? How do you know when things are moving? How do you know when things aren't? Okay. Um, so more than anything, I feel. How many feelers do we have in this room? Isn't sensitivity the most greatest gift in the world, guys? It is, I promise. <laughs> Doesn't sensitivity give us discernment to know who to trust and who not to? Doesn't sensitivity give us compassion to know what another person is feeling? It's a beautiful gift. So um, we have sensitivity, uh, a feeling, um, and then I see. Um, but when I see... Uh, mostly the spirit world, it doesn't look like faces to me, you know, um, or giant wings or angels. Uh, it looks more like uh, globs of light, usually. Um, and then after that, I hear. So it, it goes in that order. So mostly I feel and then see and then hear. So if someone walked in, if you're healing someone, like when that guy, let's use that example, could you feel, see, or hear when it shifted for him? Even though you asked him later, could you feel it, like what was happening for you in that session? Uh, so mostly when I'm in a gateway healing session, um, the first thing will be a feeling. It will literally feel like we're lifting up through the la layers or levels or dimensions. 
Um, and then I'm seeing, I'm literally watching you like a hawk. Um, and then I, it looks like um, layer of layer of spirit starting to stand around you. And by the end, it kind of feels like there's a full room. And I can't even tell who's Bob from Joe anymore and stuff like that. Cool. Thank you. Colleen. So I uh, see here no feel. And so in a session, I have to be wildly flexible and organic about the whole thing because it comes at me from every corner. And sometimes it will literally switch like this. And sometimes a whole session, I could, it could be auditory or I could be having visions or somebody's you know, deceased relatives are standing behind them, whatever it might be, but I have to, I just have to roll with it, whatever's coming. And um, you will learn if anybody is here also because they want to eventually stand up as a healer and do that work, your clients will always mirror you. You will, you will hear your story somehow in your clients in some way. And um, so I was always like really mad. I was like, why'd this happen to me? This sucks. So it wasn't actually until, you know, this thing that kind of looked like a cloud actually became this, like, mega blessing in my life because when the women that were starting to come in and to see me for sessions were also very, very highly sensitive. So I actually see a lot of healers in my practice. And whether I'm one of them. <laughs> That's Who me. said that? <laughs> Kelsey. It could be like 25 spirit. people. Where's saying, the spirit? Who is she? <laughs> fair question. Um, it is a fair question. So um, getting women that either whether they're interested in they themselves want to train and stand up as healer in some way or whether they're highly, highly sensitive and they're like, I just need to learn how to like be in a condensed city like L.A. and just get through my day with my feels, right? So um, I guess that's what's what kind of happens to me in a session is all the above D. <laughs> Tim. I'm done. Dr. So, Tim. Okay. Uh, have you ever gotten in your car and then you, you put on your sunglasses you're out there driving and you're like, oh, what's going on? Wait a minute. And you, you, you take your glasses off and you realize there's like a, a drop of something you were drinking that's like right on the lens and everything was blurry only in one spot. Um, it's a little bit like that with me and with individuals, and I'll be seeing them, and there can literally be blurry spots on the body. So at that point, then it kind of leads into further investigation and, and asking questions. And it, it can be really fascinating because it's either unknown that, that, that they're holding something that is recurring in, in their cellular structure, or there, it, there's a subconscious aspect of it where it's kind of hidden, and until we start talking or maybe asking, I'm asking questions, and then something comes up and they start to talk, then all of a sudden things start to flow or will show up in the body. And it can be a little bit like, um, if you imagine like a pond that's still water and there's a stone in, in the earth underneath and you pick up the rock and all this soot just kind of lifts up and it's kind of murky, you can't really see and you have to wait for it to you know, go down before the water's clear. That would be an example of maybe uh, going into a, a blockage or some kind of a barrier, but there's no flow. And so all of a sudden everything just starts to accumulate and it doesn't really organize very well. Um, 
as opposed to where you have a stream with water flowing and there's, there's a rock under there and you pick up the rock from the dirt and all the soot lifts up, but it, it gets kind of shifted and moves with the current. So it's a little bit of that nature where it's how do we find our flow? How do we connect in with that? I've spent many, 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 many years with myself finding what what has helped me, what works, you know, from Qigong, you know, Tai Chi, uh, different you know, martial arts on that aspect, but things like Reiki, colors, frequencies, um, thought, intentions, and and love, really coming back down right to that. But, yeah. <laughs> That's in a nutshell, kind of. So for, can any of you, and anyone jump in who this feels most relevant, describe, like was there a time where you just remember feeling or seeing a huge release? release or change or shift or like for you personally like you got rid of stage three cancer and your virus so like could you feel that happening while it was happening or were you surprised were you surprised put it this way were you surprised when you went into the doctor's office I was super super surprised that it um uh, one of the sin well first of all it was cervical cancer and one I had actually gotten it through HPV so um, I'm going to get very vulnerable here. Um, and I had really, really bad warts all over for nine months that had not left just on the outside. And on the inside, the cancer had become... I literally felt pain in my cervix every day because for nine months I kept pushing it and underneath the rug thinking I could just naturally heal it, you know. Just take some spirulina and it'll all go away, <laughs> you know. And it just became so much worse. So... Um, at the end of that session, I, I didn't know there was a huge release, but it was a feeling of an awe. Like, um, has anyone ever felt the love of God or the love of spirit in a way where it almost makes you get on your own knees and it humbles you? In that moment, you feel so privileged and humbled. It was that type of a feeling. So I don't know if that answers the question. Have all of you had that humbling feeling? Every day. I was going to say, my answer is every day. Like, every day. And feeling that, and, and had you, was there a moment for all of you like that of feeling the intense power and love and energy of God? Or was that something you always had? Yeah. I mean, for me, I think it was when I actually started interacting with the gifts instead of running from them. That was like the big moment when I was actually starting to be able to, to actually be in service and help other people was like that first kind of spiritual aha for me. Yeah. And you talked to him, I know you were. Yeah, um, there was one period in my life when I was really looking at the physical body as the answer, and I was I had severe back pain. I could barely walk and move, and I would get some help, and it would be relieved, but it would kind of just keep recurring, and I just was kind of like at at my wit's end on it and kind of met that point of surrender and just really just opening up to higher source to God and went through a meditation and and just hit this point where it was I was just so humbled and overtaken with this this white light feeling of just pure pure love uh, to the point where I just fell and probably cried for I don't know maybe 20 30 minutes 
uh, from which at that point, after I was done, I got up and moved around and the back pain was completely gone. And I was just like, okay, I was so stuck in the physical, thinking it had to be something physical to change, where once I met myself in this very deep space that I hadn't before, uh, it was completely gone and it, and it never came back after that. And it was maybe it lasted for like three days where I was in this state where I could just look at a tree or leaves of a tree and just get really weepy and feel connected and breathing with it. It was really kind of wild, but um, that was like a big aha moment for me. So, Colleen, I'll direct this one to you. If it sounds like, I mean, it's all energy. So, regardless of any modality or whatever, is it all coming from the same source? Mm, that's a great question. <laughs> I mean, tech, <laughs> technically, it's all coming from source, but I feel like there's a, like a giant, every time you look at somebody in a session, you're like looking at a giant map or blueprint of everything that's around them. So like the messages, you know, when you think about like oneness, all that is, like we're all one, all those things. Yes, however, also there's all these little like splinters of like, well, it's coming from the same place, but it's actually someone's grandma talking to me type of thing. So I do think it all technically comes from the same place, but it's coming in in different ways so that people can understand it. Anyone want to add anything? I would say the same. I think we, even in terms of all of our own healing, like somebody might have one experience and say like, lit up, ready to go, let's fucking do this, I'm going to help the world. And then somebody like me has been to Tim, been to Colleen, I'll be coming to you next week. <laughs> but like, I've seen every healer and done all the things. And every time it's given me a nugget, every time it's given me an insight, every time it's given me a new permission to heal and to go deeper within myself. So and I've had many of those alone moments with God of just sobbing. And, you know, it could be sobbing from fear and choosing to let it go. It could be sobbing from joy of, like, why do I deserve all this? So it's been a multitude of things. And I think each of you have your own unique journey to go on that could include all these things. And it could include nature. And it could include just journaling like there's a multitude of ways to get into yourself and into your love and into your language of your being and your joy and that's why we are all these unique magical snowflakes that there is no one other alike than you I love that too because I think it helps because I would assume some people are confused there's just so many modalities so many ways of energetic healing and doing things and I think that's such a beautiful way to say why Go ahead. Yeah, and, and you just reminded me too of science. You know, and scientists have tried to answer some of those, these questions too from that perspective. And what they, I remember reading the study years ago where they brought in all these different healers, different healing modalities, and they were studying the brain waves of the patients, of the people who were getting the healing work. And every every person had an experience with the healer completely different modalities, but what they found was that something would happen within their brain wave that their brain frequency would shift, and everyone's would shift to this particular tone frequency, which was just 
where all of that was being able to be accessed, but it was accessed through different means, different capabilities. I love that, because one of my questions for you actually is, can you talk, and so maybe you can go in a little more, can you talk a little bit about the science, and I say in quotes, behind energy healing? Yeah, I, a little bit. I mean, it, it started way back in the 50s, even when uh, Nixon went to China, and one of his, one of the, his cabinet members of people that he went with ended up having an appendix rupture. So they had to go to the hospital and they're doing emergency surgery on him and they put like the dividing curtain and they start putting needles all over him and the surgeons are going in, getting ready to cut and they're like, wait, 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 aren't you gonna give him anesthesia? Like what's going on? And they're looking at him like, what? No, we're, we're doing our thing. And, and then he's literally having surgery and they're you know, it's like, you're not feeling any of this? You're okay? Like what? He's like, yeah, did they already start? You know, it's like, so after they came back, Nixon's like, we need to find out what's, what is this acupuncture thing going on. Uh, so that's when he started this whole program. Uh, and there's a scientist named Robert Becker who was assigned to that. And he started uh, all these different studies with uh, regeneration. And that's when they found that there is an electrical current, and they call it the perineural direct current control system, which is like a baseline electromagnetic field, kind of like the Earth's magnetic field, pretty much the same, that's constantly rotating and spinning that we can measure. And they, in fact, developed this, looked like a pizza cutter, and it would, they would pass it over the skin, and it would read and monitor where these different points were. And there were these which they basically ended up mapping out the whole acupuncture system with these scientific um, devices that they were able to build, but it exactly mapped it as the same ones that, you know, th that we have from 5,000, 6,000 years ago, uh, which is really interesting because it just works with a baseline electrical flow um, where you have transformers, just like outside, you have electrical wire. So as the electricity is moving through the wire, it degrades in how much power is moving through, so it needs a transformer to ramp it back up and then send it through, and it continues to do that. So in the body, we have that same kind of system. But this is like at a baseline level that's functioning with our physiology, and of course there are many different frequencies that then emanate from that baseline function, but I, I guess that would be maybe the first beginning part of energy medicine and how we started to be able to explain it, and not in a woo-woo way, but just a very scientific way. That was huge, thank you, right? I mean, and you said it so simply, so thank you. Um, so Katie, do you feel like there's an energetic solution for every single problem? Yes, I do. <laughs> um, yes, I do feel like there's an energetic solution for every single problem, unless it's what we call a soul contract. And, uh, you know, we'll go more in depth in that in the gateway healing class when we have one here. But um, soul contracts on a health crisis, you know, issue are really, really rare. Um, and an example of one would be, let's just say there was a woman who was really, really selfish in a past life, extremely extremely selfish and in this lifetime she wanted to come back in and learn what selflessness was and so she um, reached out to someone from her soul group on the other side before she was born and said I want to learn what it is to be selfless will you be my epileptic son and so 
they both incarnate into this lifetime and now you have a mother who is taking care of this child full time. And if that child were to come in for a healing, would that child have a healing? No. no. Because if that child has a healing, we literally took the purpose and meaning to why the mother and the child are both there. So other than that, everything else has an energetic solution. In that case, if the child comes for a healing, what's going to happen is, is they're not gonna receive a healing, but maybe the child will be strengthened so that it can deal with its purpose moving forward. Does that make sense? And so, um, yeah, does that answer the question? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and let's talk about that a little bit if you guys have something to add about, so the array from emotional problems to everyday problems to like chronic illness. I would love to hear all of your input on how energy work can help with all of those things. We'll start with you, Colleen. Um, everything starts on an energetic level first and then manifests mentally, physically, and or emotionally. I think I would put it that simply. Yeah. And what about someone, what about the people out there who have chronic illnesses, who've tried everything, are just desperate, feeling helpless? How can something like this help that? Well, to Kelsey's point about peeling off the layers of an onion, and I've done, a, I've done, I've jumped down a lot of rabbit holes, but shamanism has been a really big one for me. And I can say for myself and watching my fellow classmates and now my students and um, other uh, fellow shamanic practitioners, the amount of um, self-healing that's been going on just from them actually delving in and taking a look at themselves and getting empowered and say, I don't want to deal with that anymore, and no thank you, like, okay, ancestral trauma, no, we're going to stop that here, and um, taking the reins of their own life. Um, I can personally say, like, the weird thing, after I went through shaman school, I had terrible allergies my whole life, and they just disappeared. And I saw somebody else's cancer go away, and somebody's anxiety and depression just disappeared, like all that, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, it's different for everybody. You know, it's just as, it's as, it's as many layers of the onion that you are uh, up to peeling off in this life. Yeah. Who else can add to that about how energy healing works in that sense of taking care of stuff from the emotional all the way to the chronic level? Yeah, I mean, I was just on a plane um, coming from New York yesterday to LA, and I happened to sit next to this woman. She was an older woman, and I like made this assumption that she's retired, how cute is she? What a little doll. She was annoyed with me because I was putting essential oils and shit all over myself. and. And then somehow we ended up talking, and turns out she just retired a year ago, two years ago. She was a rheumatologist. She had moved to Long Beach, and the reason she retired was not because she chose it. She had a brain aneurysm. She was unconscious in a coma for four days, and we spoke for an, probably an hour and a half on the plane ride. And by the end, she was starting to become willing to see that perhaps it wasn't just science. That it wasn't just, I just think that this one nerve from my childhood wasn't right, so then it exploded. 
And I was like, were you under a little bit of stress before you had this? Oh, huge stress. I was making a very big life decision. And I was like, hmm, okay. But you don't think it's correlated? No. Okay. And we kept talking and talking and talking. And I say that just to say this is something that I had to deal with in my own life. I didn't want to see that my physical pain had any emotional relationship. My mom was clinically depressed, was in and out of treatment centers. It was, and I was working in the United States Senate. And I, she would call me from the psych ward and be like, everybody's fucking me up, I mean, you gotta get me out of here. And I was literally sitting next to other people in a cubicle, and I'd be like, thank you so much for calling Senator Conrad's office, have a wonderful day, <laughs> click, fuck. And so, you know, I think for me, it's like, I, I have seen that in a lot of people that I've worked with. It's really about, as Colleen said, what you're willing to see. I personally have not been ready to do like an ayahuasca ceremony or like take MDM, whatever it's called. <laughs> right, I don't even know the words, yeah. But meaning like I have not been somebody that's ready for that. I've had to go really slow. And the other thing I would say for all of, all of you as well is you have to remember that you have experienced from being in your mother's womb to the age that you are now, you have experienced an a, an unbelievable amount of mini or major traumas, imprints, belief systems, insecurities, fears. So to believe that like your healing journey is gonna be done in a month <laughs> is not being kind to yourself because you've had all these years of developing these different imprints. So you have to also maybe give yourself some love and space to say it's okay that this is gonna be my journey for life. Like I'm not trying to get healed and woke all the way yet because I also believe that's why I'm here, is to like do it in a loving and compassionate and kind way with myself where I don't force myself to sit in a jungle in Peru because I'm not ready. I hope that answers it. <laughs> I would love to see you in a jungle in Peru, by the way. Hey, maybe, maybe we'll go to She did that. <laughs> yeah. So, but let's talk about actually the connection of, emo of emotion and disease, because especially people out there who have anything chronic, I'm sure a reaction, or any sickness or cancer, I'm sure a reaction a lot of times is like, fuck that, you can't tell me because I was, my mom was an asshole, that now I have cancer, or I fucked up there. So it's, I could see how there's an angry reaction of like, this has nothing to do with me, fuck you all for even saying that. So can we dissect that a little bit? And I'd love to hear from all of you, because I'm sure all of you have dealt with this with many clients. Talk about it broadly, what the connection is. You kind of started to get into it. And then also how people can start to, why you definitely think there's a connection and how people can start altering the way they think about it to help that healing. Because that is where the energetic healing starts. So if someone's coming in with a disease or something like that, how can you, how can you start working with that? I can only speak to my own physical pain. By the way, Tal and I are really good friends and we swear a lot when we're together. Oh, so I'm, I just I opened sorry. up that can of worms when I swore. I'm sorry. Anyone who listens to the podcast knows okay, I have a Fair filthy enough. mouth. Um, so I, all I can speak to is my own personal journey with back pain. And it got very debilitating, so overwhelming that I would be on a plane going to Europe with my husband and my head would be in the seat in front of me with tears just streaming down my face. And I really thought at many different times, I don't actually know if I can or want to keep living life with this much pain. I was willing to do a lot of different things to not have surgery, but I was also kind of like, if surgery is a quick fix, like, why not? 
And I do know, because I have healed my back pain without any of those surgeries, that it was, was, is, and has always for me been related to my emotional well-being. So I can speak from personal experience only from my clients and people I've worked with over the decade and people I've done workshops for, when they feel a state of calm and peace after a Reiki session, after meditation, after tapping, after a retreat, whatever it may be, their physical pain, their anxiety, the things that they came in with that were at like high, high, high have all absolutely lowered. So really interesting. It's a good way to put it. It's like when you're feeling a little bit more mellow within it all, that means it is working. Because I think also, and then I do want to hear, I think people want the quick fix. So it's like you go in and they expect it just to be gone, and then it's like, see, it's bullshit. You literally were my segue into what I was about to say. Let's do it. You You probably will curse less. (laughs) Um, You know, Sometimes, you know, people hear about the cancer story and they immediately want to come in and they want to get their one energy healing and they want it all to go away. And that's why I love what Kelsey said, how all these years with inside of you have sat there and they have calcified. I mean, before an issue even starts, it's in your outer auric body. And it takes time for it to go from the mental to the emotional to the etheric until it finally hits the physical. So think of all those layers that have calcified over time that have actually made this happen. So I have literally had two women come to me with lung issues, same stage of cancer um, and same type of lung cancer, and one has healed in three sessions and one has taken 20. What is the difference between the two. Resistance. Hmm? But not on a conscious level. On a conscious level, they both want to get on that table and they both want that healing. It's on a subconscious level that they're holding that resistance with inside of themselves. And so my thing for chronic illnesses, consistency, consistency, consistency. We're at this day and age in the spiritual world where we all want this quick fix. We just want one pill, we want to take it, and we want to feel good. And, you know, we'll do one healing session and two healing sessions, and nothing happens, and we're like, fuck it. And... (laughs) Thank you, guys. (laughs) And then we're like, you know what? This modality doesn't work. Stay with it. Stick to it. If you're going to do a Reiki healing session with Kelsey, do it until you see the change. And I learned this the long, hard way. This woman came to me once. She was in her late 70s, and she wanted to walk without a crutch. She had more energy than I did. She was vibrant. I mean, I said, why are you in here? She said, I just want to dance again. I want to go on the dance floor and dance again. She made me feel like a grandmother. That's how high energy this woman was. And so she came in. We did one healing session, and it, her, and it was a very profound session. Her mother had passed, and she literally had an experience with her mother, and she loved it. Um, but our intention for the session was to heal her hips and her knees so she could walk without crutches. Without a walker, sorry, not without crutches. So she gets off the table, and she opens her eyes, and she says, do you do packages? I said, yes. Do you want to come in for three? And she said, I I would love to. 
But I said, you know what, let's get you off the table and let's see if anything's changed. She gets off the table, nothing changed. I mean, zero. I mean, not even 1% relief, guys. Nothing happened. She comes in, session number two, session number three, session number four, does four sessions with me now. Nothing happens. Zero. And you know, I'm kind of feeling a little guilty. You know, she's paid for four sessions now and not even a little bit of relief, but she was so positive and she's like, thank you so much and it was so great and she left. Next day I get a call from her. She's like, Katie, I'd like to book three more sessions. And now I'm like, mm, I'm starting to feel a little iffy, you know, it's starting to feel like there's pressure on me. And so I was like, you know what? Um, I have no guarantees. I never know what's going to happen. She says, it's okay. I just, I just love the feeling and the experience. I want to come back in. She comes in. We do session number five. Zero. No relief. Session number six, she has a flare-up. Such a bad flare-up. She goes home that night and can't sleep the whole night. Ice pack, heat pack. Ice pack, heat pack. I felt so bad. She comes in still does session number seven. And guys, as she's on the table, there's energy moving. Like, we're seeing stuff move. There, there was movement going on. Gets off the table, zero. She's done seven sessions with me now. I say goodbye and thank you and, you know, let her go. And I'm like, I'm not going to hear back from this woman again. Three days later, I get a call. Can I book another package of three? <laughs> and now I'm like... No. I'm like, I gave her every excuse in the book. Maybe gateway healing isn't right for you. Maybe I'm not the right healer. Maybe this isn't the right time. Maybe it's a soul contract. I threw everything that I could at her to get her to say no. And she said to me, in every healing, Katie, you said a spiritual healing happens. Why are you denying me my spiritual healing? <laughs> okay. We get her in. She does session number eight. Nothing. Guys, I mean, I'm not, even, I'm not, like, not even an ounce of relief. Session number nine has an even bigger flare-up that night to the point where she had to reschedule her healing. And I, I, she, she'd never had to reschedule before. It was so, so, so bad. And in fact, the doctor told her, whatever you're doing, I suggest you don't continue doing it. <laughs> Comes in for session number 10, that we had rescheduled. We do a healing. Again, every session's the same. Energy's moving around, all that fun stuff. She gets off the table, and her pain is gone. Till this day, this woman is healed. Her name is Patty. She's in our community. She sits cross-legged with us on the floor, um, and uh, she dances. And so the motto of that story is consistency, 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 and stick with one thing because usually what happens after the second or third or fourth session, we start getting uncomfortable and we're like, we need a new modality, right, Kelsey? Yeah. And so stick with that one thing because as soon as it gets uncomfortable, you know it's starting to heat, hit those deeper layers where it's really been calcified. Sorry for that long answer. No, I love, that's great. I love that story. 
Okay, it's time to talk about our next Den Talks Live. These have been so great. You guys are going to be obsessed with this next one. It's July 26th, a Friday night at the La Brea location. We have Paul Selig. He is considered to be one of the foremost spiritual channels working today. He's written some incredible books. He does not do events very often, but he is going to be here to not only talk about what channeling is, to dive into that energy, but he's also going to do a reading for us. So how cool is that to be in the room and be able to have a chance to talk to someone who can channel? This is huge. It's rare. It's going to be amazing. Join us. Again, that's Friday, July 26th. Typical Dentox Live. You get your Q&A portion. There'll be fun goodies and giveaways as well and a chance to mingle at the end. We can't wait to see you. Go to dentoxpodcast.com and reserve your spot. Yeah, what about you? Or any of it? I forgot what you were so, talking so about. I was so in the store. I was like, what happened? <laughs> we're talking about how energy healing works on all those levels, the emotional to the chronic oh, yes. and like how it actually works and why people should do it and how you can help people wrap their head around like emotion oh. be equaling disease and how that's hard for people to kind of wrap their heads around does any of that ring it, bell? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So in your story. Um, well, let's see. Uh, why is it important to... I think actually engaging with your emotions, and I think we all at this day and age have a, a tendency to just want to, like, stuff it all down right in there. Like, I get someone comes in, and I can see her, like, eyes bugging out of her head, and she's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Girl, you're not fine. <laughs> Um, and someone in someone said to me once who was actually in the military this really great phrase that when emotions are high, intelligence is low. Ooh, I know, right? And the thing about that is, so it's like I think it's a, a huge invitation for us to RSVP to to actually take a look at our emotions because if we don't kind of you know, let an emotion pass through our body like we're stuffing it down or we just don't want to deal with it and we're like putting it in the closet, we aren't actually able to walk around in the world and make great decisions to help us live a better life. How do you feel those emotions that are being stuffed down can manifest into a chronic disease? I or mean, disease it, in general. Yeah, I mean, it can it can go it can go anywhere it wants to. Basically, like any emotion can can get stuck in the body somewhere. I mean, I can attribute to like I'll feel that when a client comes in and sits down. If I get an immediate pain somewhere in my body, I I, I mean, I know this now, but like that's how I know that it's it's not mine. I was actually sitting. Um, at a crowded restaurant in in the West Village in New York, you know, shoulder to shoulder, and I was like 29, and I was getting ready to run a marathon, so I was in good shape, and all of a sudden I started having, I supplies the story, I was was having, I started having chest pains. (laughs) I was like, I can't do that, am I allergic to the wine, am I allergic to fish now? Like, like started going through all this stuff, and I'm like trying to stay calm. And the guy next to me, I hear him say to his date, um, oh, I just had triple bypass surgery. And the minute I heard it, it went away. And that was the moment I learned that that's like, I have to address people's emotional pain. Oh, I think also what's actually interesting is how all of this stuff kind of 
ties together, whether it's this life or stuff that we bring in from other lives. So for example, actually let's use a, a heart thing again because this, this actually happened. I, um, a guy came in, another guy, and he's, he's sitting there and his shirt's buttoned up and I was like, you know, I, I saw in a past life um, you were, you were, you know, you lived as a, um, in medieval times and you got stabbed in the heart, right? And then another time there was some type of like crazy open heart surgery that had to happen to him. And another time it was like he, um, he, you know, had died of a broken heart in a relationship. And I was like, I'm seeing this. So I'm feeling like a lot of like, you know, um, heart trauma, emotional heart trauma around you. And he like unbuttoned his shirt and he had this huge gash on him from a surgery, some kind of surgery he had to go through. And so I've seen that too many times. It's like where these uh, mental, physical, and emotional things are actually coming from our karmic, are from past lives, and we're still bringing that forward and figuring them out and uh, reliving them until we, like, stop reliving them. You know, again, that's our choice to figure that out um, with our decisions. So I think it's, I think it's really interesting that it's mental, physical, emotional can all actually, you know, they're, they're all working together. To you and Tim, maybe you can answer this off of that. Is it, when you're working on someone who has, let's say, disease or something physical, it's not just like, oh, I'm trying to clear this karma. Right. Is there a different intensity of which you have to work? Like, bad example or maybe a good example, like a tumor or something. Is there right. a different intensity that you're doing your energy healing than if it was something else. Right. It, it's almost like the, in, the intensity changes happen dependent on who the person is. So a lot of times, I mean, we could even look at it as from a sacred geometry aspect where our human body is completely organized and spinning and vibrating and oscillating at these beautiful frequency shapes that express with our biology, right? So even like some of the water crystal work that I think we've all seen, you know, where love or hate, you know, anger is creating a different shape, a different response. So by holding on to that negative emotion or negative energy, however that comes up for each individual person as far as a curriculum, that negative frequency ends up distorting the full expression within the, the, the physical biology of it. So that's when the, an organ system can start to break down, can start to malfunction, so to speak. But it's a double-edged sword because we're, we're in, the, in the suffering of it or in the disease state, and that is the gateway that will take you through to the freedom aspect but there, there is definitely a, a level of needing to detach from wanting it to go away or to not be there. Um, it's a huge part of it. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because that's, re I mean, yeah, that is a little mind-blowing, I think, for most people who are like, wait, but I'm here because I want it to go away. Right. So it's, it's being willing to, to let yourself experience whatever it is that comes up in the process of being open to whatever you're allowing yourself to be open to. Um, as uncomfortable as that might be, and, and I think, you know, we've all shared examples of that. Um, so that's the part where we've heard showing up, like doing, going to the class, going to 
the, the modality, going to the healing, and just by you taking that step sets up an energy imprint to a new possible reality, which then you can follow yourself through. As you continue to move through those realities within your perception of belief, which your perception of belief controls your biology. So by finding those, the hurt, you know, that's inside, that is part of what maybe initiated the, the chronic expression of the disease, we can then find ourselves traveling through these different realities that we may have seen it to be one thing, but now it's actually feeling like something else, and it may be uncomfortable. It may be once that, that space opens up, uh, either people can go, oh, no, that's, that's definitely not it, or, or I, I don't want to go there. So then it's their freedom of choice to be able to stay within that, or they got as much as they can get, and they're going to stick with that for a little while until it's able to move into resolution, and then they might continue in their healing journey. So for me... For me, I've set it up where people, when they're ready to move past the, the physical, however that's manifested, will show up so I can meet them where they're at and together, literally by just having an open willingness and however that energy shows up, because energy is information, so that information can come through in many different ways and can be assisted through many different helpers. Um, but it all comes back to to the interpretation of of the one the one mind aspect that is controlling the the physical. So yeah, is, is yeah, that no, that's great. Have any of you started working with a client and actually discovered from whatever way and however you feel things that there's something really bad going on? Like, if let's say they didn't know they have a tumor or something's going on, have you been able to tell? And if so. Do you inform them or do you not if that's not what they're coming in for? Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, that's tricky. Yeah, not, it's just not too long ago, it was, I had a new patient and she's coming in for some, some pelvic pain and I'm working on her and boy, I mean, working with energy, moving, th moving through the body, out the head, I could not get energy moving out the top of the head to cycle down for the life of me. It was like, huge, huge block. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, I couldn't, I usually can even get, if, if there's a huge block, I can get a small stream of energy moving through, very tiny, but if, if it's really small, it can build and it can move into where we want it to go. I couldn't even get that. So that, and I was on my first visit, so I, I was like, you know, feeling something, you know, this, I don't usually feel, it might, you know, maybe you should, Get a uh, get a scan, get a get a brain scan, just see what, just to rule out anything else. It's like, oh, that's kind of an odd thing to you know say. I'm like, yeah, just you know. So I was like, well, she probably won't be back, you know. And I hadn't seen, and I didn't see her for maybe like eight nine months. And she and she came just recently came back, and she was like, oh yeah, uh, you were right. I had a brain tumor, and it was. Uh, starting to change her whole system uh, endocrine-wise, and they had caught it in time, and she had you know, a big scar through there, and I was like, oh, my gosh, thank you. <laughs> she was like, no, thank you. It's like, wow. So you could feel it and see it. Any, anyone else have that happen? I think if it's gotten to uh, where it's gotten to the 
the physical stages, it's good to call in science to help us. And the way Tim was talking about, like, sometimes, you know, and again, it's, it's a total, you've got to feel into it, and it's a total judgment call of do you, like, what level of news are you um, in a place to reveal to this person? And sending them to get a scan or get a second opinion or, you know, you're like, and again, this is like, well, I'm not a, I'm not a foot doctor, right? So I think you need to go and see a podiatrist or something, but like feeling, if you would feel something there that actually, um, you know, working hand in hand with Western medicine is, can, can help somebody, but it is, I think it is always a judgment call and feeling if that person can even, even that day, like, handle that. Because they may also, right, they may not have come in to, to talk about whatever that is. I would say, just to piggyback on all that, um, if any of you are or have desires to, at some point, be a healer for yourself or for others, that is also, I think, a very important aspect of it is to have the humility of a healer or of a teacher of any kind is to know what it is that you are intuitively like shown, but then also to double check, is that my ego that wants to share that with this person to have the moment of like, I got it right. Or is it to say, to you have to really, really be open as a vessel and sort of check your ego at the door to say, I am showing up and I am asking and I call in, as I'm sure all of us do, call in guides. We call in a whole tribe of beings to support us in supporting the human being that is in front of us, recognizing that they have their own emotional intelligence, they have their own physical intelligence, they have their own mental capacity, that we are only there to love and respect in a session. So I think, you know, to piggyback on all of that, it's really knowing your, if you are going to ever get into healing, you really have to know your why because a lot of people will come into Reiki trainings and Reiki is simply an intuitive based healing modality. You're using, you're scanning, checking in to know where to place the energy and where to heal. But I also teach all of my students, like, remember, you are not the one doing the healing. You are allowing the healing to come through you and the body that is in front of you, this incredible divine complex human being is opening up and your job is simply to follow the intuition and the guidance that you're being given that it is not you doing the healing and I think that's a very important part and just to piggyback on that I would also say for me this may resonate with one or two of you and that's awesome if it does that's who I'm saying it for remember that healing is also allowed to have joy in it because so many people come into healing and when I was doing my weekly Reiki classes here, people would be like, oh, I'm just so ready for this healing. Like, heal me. I need all of the good vibes. And I was like, okay, you also already have them inside of you. That's a choice. So to really give yourself permission to, which again, I say this from my own personal journey, like I thought healing needed to be so, you know, very serious and you're gonna cry and it's gonna be hard and painful to heal this physical pain. And the minute I started adding lightness and movement and dancing around in my house to music that I love, that's really when my healing has started is because I started giving myself permission to have joy.
So I just wanted to throw that in. I love that. I've, on that, really quickly, and then I want to get to you kind of opening up with the room for a little bit. What, because I like that you said as a healer, you need to be responsible to remember that it's not about you. It's you're actually just channeling something much bigger than you and you're just the vessel at the moment. So it's checking your ego. What are the things, that sounds like something for healers that they have to do, but what are things people here or anyone else need to be wary of now that like healing has become a little trendy and it's everywhere? On the flip side, what are things people need to be wary of besides just going to any single person who says they're a healer? Oh, I got one. The healer that says they don't have any problems and they're healed. <laughs> Run like hell. <laughs> because we're all here in a human body working out our shit, whatever that might be in some degree or another. And, um, you know, healers are humans too with problems, family problems and, and work problems and all the other things just like everybody else. And... You know, I mean, you want to go to somebody, obviously, that's, that's done their work and is doing their best to be the most, the most balanced human that they can show up for you to be. But so I would say, because I've run into a couple people that, you know, they're like, I've, you know, I've, um, I've, I've up-leveled again and, you know, I'm not really here and I'm, <laughs> like, I've heard this stuff and I was like, okay. <laughs> Don't touch me. Um, <laughs> But I think, I actually think that's a, that's a, a biggie. And even to what Kelsey said, like, you know, I think someone needs to check their ego at the door. Um, that it, it is like, do you, are you going to a healer that's speaking with ego or being a clear and present channel of divine light and love on behalf of, of spirit? I love that. It was so good. I couldn't contain myself. That was so good. Um, the healer that disempowers you by giving themselves power. Yeah. You need me. You can't do this without me. Or here's a red candle. It's $600, by the way. <laughs> and if you burn this for seven days, you know, he will love you again. You know, um, so any type of disempowerment or someone that says that you can't do this without me or this is the only way it can happen, this is the only modality um, that it can happen um, is a huge red flag. Those are great. Any others? Oh, the healer who hasn't done their work at all, right? And again, we're, you know, we're all like, you know, muggle humans living in bodies and we like paperwork and all the things and degrees, but you think about it like, would you let a doctor or like, you know, someone that says they're a doctor but says they're a doctor but has actually no training do surgery on you? You know, it's, it's that same kind of thing. So, and again, training comes to all of us in different ways and whether that's like, private mentorship or you're going to some kind of school or you're following a certain lineage or you did all of the above or like whatever the heck that looks like for you but definitely you want to go to somebody that they've also um, been able to be in a space and be supported to to learn in a space that is like sacred and safe so that they are in turn passing on that same to you and I would just add to that also use your own intuition, which you all have. If you keep seeing a certain word pop up or all of a sudden you're in conversation and you hear somebody talking about chakra balancing and like it was kind of in your consciousness a week ago and then like two months ago, 
lean into that, yeah? That's sort of the mild messages coming your way. Um, and also be willing to go to a healer and say, not for me. Because I've had a couple of sessions over the years where I've witnessed a healer and I was in a very vulnerable place and I didn't realize that healers could take advantage. They might not even consciously know that they're taking advantage of someone because like in their mind they really feel like they're doing the right thing but be willing to also own your power no matter how vulnerable or how difficult something is for you to like check in with yourself and ask am I feeling better or worse than when I walked into this person's room Great. For healers Absolutely. that, w- I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no. Oh, passionate I love that. I got them all about this, people. <laughs> no, Ask us again. <laughs> healers that won't recommend, yeah. like to, to Kelsey's point that it's like, I'm the only one for you. I'm the only one that can do this. Like, I, I mean, I enjoy knowing a ton of healers that do a ton of great things. And like, it's my joy to be able to recommend my clients to my other friends to go or, or to know when you are not for that person for whatever reason. Okay, I'm done, I'm done. No, but I, I'm loving this. And Kelsey, you're so, I mean, it's Kelsey, Colleen, you're so good, ma'am. Um, <laughs> healers that blame everything on an entity attachment. Yeah. Ah, the reason this one. is happening is because there's a dark force inside of you and it's sucking all your energy, da 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 Because the truth is, is that any healer that blames everything just on an entity entity attachment is taking the responsibility away from you and putting it on something very external. And even an entity attachment has to have a hook to hook inside of you. So These were amazing. Those healers don't last either, right? (laughs) That's true. No, I mean, you guys are yes, yes, and yes. All, These all have been amazing. Yeah, I love it. I hope someone really created just a list. Trusting, trusting in your own self because at the same time, it's allowing you to step into yourself. By you choosing to step out of yourself, you're seeing yourself from a different perspective, which is also a self-learning aspect. So by even seeing the, the wrong healer, um, that's also part of a stepping stone for you to empower yourself and actually make that call and you're, you're striking that, that lightning. So Colleen, the yes. woman who can't turn anything off, is going to tell us a little bit of what she sees through the crystals that she brought today. Yes. Okay. So, so interesting. Um, Tal had emailed me and said, would you do, you know, would you like open up the spidey senses and like kind of tap into the room? You know, kind of like seance style. And I was like, hmm, Okay. Um, well, I decided to do something else instead. And um, I wanted, like, I'm a, I'm a very big believer in giving people passion. I'm passionate about giving people skills to um, be empowered and do this themselves, even if it's on a really, really base level, right? So uh, you all met Zofia over there, who was uh, inviting you all to pick crystals when you came in, right? Everybody took a crystal? Fantastic. Okay, I'll stay with me where we're going. So... The thing about crystals is that every single kind of crystals carries its own uh, messages or vibration or medicine, whatever, whatever word that you like, okay? And so our body is basically the greatest barometer on the physical plane of what we, what we need. So we can get messages basically from which crystal we're attracted to. 
So here's the thing. I do a lot of like public speaking engagements and, and different like parties and stuff and do crystal readings. And so what I've noticed over the years when I was doing this was, and it's always a different crystal, every time I would go into a room of people, there would be one crystal or maybe two that everybody would go after. It's weird, okay? Mm -hmm. But then it also started to inform me about what the collective energy of the room was. So in a way, we don't, we're gonna use physical proof instead of tapping into our spidey senses, so to say, um, even though you guys already did that before I got in here. And so I had asked, um, Zofia came over after everyone was seated and told me what um, the uh, must-have crystals for the evening were. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to go over all of them just in case you didn't, didn't pick the hot button. But um, I'll let you know, I also, like before I came here, because I've got lots and lots of crystals at my studio, I actually took the time to tap in which crystals do I need to bring as medicine to the den? So that was m my question to me before I ever even got here and met any of you. So we're gonna go over these. And okay, so let's start um, with the purple one. This is Lepidolite, which is the Xanax of the crystal community. <laughs> yeah, put it in your bra, okay. <laughs> and we have Carnelian. This is a stone of the second chakra. And gentlemen, I'm sorry, I'm going to somewhat speak to the ladies in the room for a hot minute. This crystal has to do with anything that's going on in our womb. So period cramps, PMS, want to have a baby, don't want to have a baby, fibroid cysts, anything that's basically going on right there, this is a great crystal to work with. Okay. Black obsidian. This is grounding and protection. Clear quartz, this is the black skinny gene of the crystal world. <laughs> so why is it the black skinny gene? So this crystal is an amplifier, okay? And so whatever it sits next to, it amplifies the vibration of the other crystal. So if you sit this next to something else, it's going to juice it up, okay? So it's um, an amplifier and it's also neutral because it goes with everything, all right? <laughs> Okay, so now we're getting into the, sorry? And it makes you look good, that's right. <laughs> so now we're gonna get into the one, so there was, according to Zofia's stats over there, there was, there was uh, one that was coming in hot and then two that came in for Ty as second place to help us read the room, which actually makes complete sense to me with what's going on with the planets right now for all of us, okay? So the two that were a tie, um, this one here, this bluish green one, Amazonite or Amazonite, you can say it either way. This is the stone of the Virgo, all right? And so we know that Virgos are neat, meticulous, organized, have their shit together, right? So people that are looking to get their shit together really <laughs> like that crystal. And so where could we use Virgoian energy? Um, everywhere from organized in a closet to like getting your whole life together, right? So if people are in a place where they're, they're looking to get things together, which I see a lot of people going like this at me, uh-huh. And then this is Herkimer Diamond, found in two places in the world. Herkimer Diamond, Herkimer, New York. 
And then also its cousin, which is known as Desert Diamond, is found in the Middle East. And so this diamond is all about radiance. So when someone wants to be seen more, their light to be bigger, this is a crystal that they work with. And then the one that came in hot was Dalmatian stone. And so easy to remember because it looks like the dog. And this one, I, I like to do the AKA the hamster wheel stone. So people that are like running on their little hamster wheel, thinking all the thoughts and answering their emails too late and can't figure out which direction to go and are feeling stuck, mm -hmm, use this crystal. And so it's interesting because we actually collectively are in a place um, where somebody might say there's a lot of like stuck energy right now. And that's because of the planets that are retrograding right now that are making us look at curate or let's use a better word, refine certain places in our life. So um, Pluto and Saturn are like totally in cahoots right now because Pluto is the planet of death and transformation, and Saturn is a planet for learning lessons. And so if that's coming in um, for everybody in this room, yeah. And then at the same time, our friend Jupiter over here, who is expansion. <laughs> yeah, so right now everybody is going and like being pulled forward and being pulled backward at the same time and asking you to like look at everything all at once and I can't turn it off and I don't know which way to go and um, 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 wait, what time is it? I'm still reading my email. Oh my God, Instagram. Yeah, so, <laughs> right? That's your brain at night, right? Or all day long. So the thing is though, it's how else can we look at all this is it's not so much don't look at it as being stuck, but we're in a place of refining in those areas, right? Of like, so the radiance thing, like how do I expand? Like this is a time to look at how you will expand. Don't expand yet. Start to plan like a Virgo and get it together because all of these plans are going to start to go direct where all this stuff can actually um, happen in like September, October, stuff actually starts to shift. So the summer may feel a little slow in those areas, or you're gonna keep revisiting things that you're like, oh my God, this again? Oh my God, this person just showed up again? Like I thought we uh, dealt with that a couple years ago, they're back again, right? So that stuff is coming up. And so it's like, just educate yourself. It's something that's going on for everybody and you can't escape it, okay? So you might as well embrace it and work with the energies that are in front of you and be informed, right? And for anybody that, you know, I don't think anyone in this room, but like anybody that thinks they can't be affected by planets, if the moon can move the tide on this planet, it can certainly move you. <laughs> That's a good ending. Yeah, so does any of that Ooh. kind of resonate, like hashtag stuck, right? <laughs> Yeah, so instead, like, if there's anything you take home at night for a room of people that may be feeling stuck and pulled in two directions and having to review things while trying to move forward, um, really look at it as a time to refine. Like, that's a great word, to re refine and to curate so that you can actually move forward in September or October. Can I just say something? Yeah, the lady. Crystals that I picked tonight to put in the bag. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. did a like small read on the crystals that I have, and some of you, a few of you, got Palo Santo in your bag, which is um, a holy wood. But the crystals that I picked for this night, 
crystal quartz, amazonite, carnelian, and black tourmaline. <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. Nope. And we did not connect at all before this evening. That's wow. crazy. I have one more question before we get to the four U's, and then we'll kind of start wrapping things up. I'm going to direct it to you, but please, anyone jump in. So how, because we do want to empower people, how do you talk to people or convince people that they too, because a lot of when you talk, a lot of people probably think, oh, these are powers. It's like a superhero power almost, you know, a little bit like the spidey sense versus what you guys have said repetitively is everyone has these quote unquote powers. So how do you talk to people to say, no, you too have this ability. I'm like you were saying, I'm not special. I'm the vessel. How can you convince people to start seeing that and understand it and own it? So we're going to do that in the meditation. I'm going to teach all of you how to Reiki yourselves tonight because it's very important to me and I believe to all of us that each person walks away in any time that we get to breathe together and be together that there is no like higher than or more healing capability and capacity than. It's really like you have this already inside of you, and our role is to help you see it, period. You guys all get that? Yeah. If you leave with anything, I want you to be like, yes, I get it. Okay, good. So then the four yous, and you might not want to do it since you're doing the Reiki, but just quick from all of you, and we'll go down the line, some small either exercise or thing that every single person can do to start activating their healing abilities. I can just say one extra yeah, please. thing. First of all, choice. Remember, every moment, every day, you have choice in how that moment impacts you, where it lands inside of you, what you choose to do with it. So choice. And then one of my dear friends and great teacher, Nancy Levine, she's an author for Hay House. She has this thing that she says, and I love it, and I share it with everybody who wants it. Wake up in the morning. What is one self-loving choice I can make for myself today? What is one self-loving act that I will do and give to myself today? Great. Um, adding on to that, I believe that we're all channels. Um, and after doing gateway healing, um, I realized it was teachable. So every, anyone can learn how to do it. And this is just one modality. Um, like so many others. So what I would say my one thing would be is, is open your crowns because this is your connection to the other dimensions, to the other side. And so, you know, one thing you could just do for five minutes a day as you wake up in the morning is just do a crown opening meditation so that as you walk in the world, you know that you're not walking alone, that you are walking with an army of spirits standing behind you and can actually feel it as well through the crown. Amazing. So I'm going to lead with a quick story. Um, I was in a crystal store, and a client said she wanted to uh, take me with her to a crystal store and learn how to pick crystals. And so she came in. We're in New York City, so she's got, like, a bunch of bags with her, a dog, a phone, like, everything is happening all at the same time. And she's, like, texting and talking to me and looking at crystals and watching where the dog goes all at the same time. And she's like, but I don't feel anything. But she's not actually really touching the crystal because she's trying to text and hold the dog at the same time. So the moral of the story was that I made her put everything down, and we had to have a moment of practicing presence. So if you aren't actually going to show up, to learn any of this in the in the right way, then it's it's kind of hard to open up to it. Presence. 
Do you have any exercise or something to help someone practice presence? Yeah, something that's free and easy and always with you is your breath, right? Like if you get, again, we're like all hamster wheeling right now and like spinning the fuck out, like just take a deep breath. You can do it at any time. Breathing is wildly important and will clear your chakras, clear your energy field, clear your brain, clear all the things to put you into a place to be present and to practice. So I also wanted to share one quick story because we talked about how energy was manifesting with motions and chronic. Um, this might lead into it as well. Uh, I had a, a, a father bring in his son for, as a new patient and his son was having severe back pain and they ran all these tests, UCLA, like spent like $50,000 on tests, nothing was coming up. So he's like, hey, I heard, you know, my wife, blah, 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 like, here's my son. He's got a scholarship for basketball, graduating high school, going to college. He's got a full, full scholarship, so he needs to be playing. And he's like, all right, here he is. So the dad left. I'm looking at him, looking at the son and doing my tests and checking things out, not finding anything. And I'm like, what's going on? Your back is fine. You don't have any problem. Like, what? And he starts crying, and he's like, well... He's like, I'm done with basketball. I don't want to play basketball. So he's like, I figured if I wasn't able to play, I would lose my scholarship, and then I could do what I really want to do. So it was like, okay. <laughs> so that's like another way that the energy can also can be manifested. If, if you're so intent on not having something happen, your body will follow that, that thought pattern and manifest something in, in the physical so one way that maybe he could have, the, the son could have not stumbled on that would be that he could do, that I would recommend is one simple thing in addition to everything, um, is a gratitude meditation and just finding one thing that you're grateful for. And it could be at a time where you don't feel any gratitude for anything and it could just be the air that you're breathing, you know, and you just start with that and just, you know, feeling the air in the lungs. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for the light. And you can just kind of move from yourself to the outer world and other things that you might find yourself grateful for, and that'll literally change your frequency to where then other things can start to play in. I would also recommend learning how to, how to move energy in your body by using your own thought, and that's by directing your own energy flow in your body. So anything that can allow you to experience that, and every time you learn more and more, so that way you're not a victim of your own thoughts and manifesting something that perhaps didn't need to be created in order for you to, to, to evolve. Like the kid, he could, if he had that communication or he felt like that was available, you know, maybe none of that would have taken place and, and things would have gone differently. But, but those would be my two, my two additions. Because, and in coming to places like the den, because it's, it's the frequency of like minds that will also propel you towards crown opening and more of self-discovery and any energies right now there's so much polarization happening so choose wisely because if you if you continue to be in something that's diminishing and disempowering uh you know you'll still probably find your way through but it's just a longer road and i think we all kind of want to take a little bit of a faster road 
Thank you. You guys are amazing. Weren't they amazing? Thank you. So thank you. Kelsey's going to lead us in about a 10-minute Reiki healing meditation. So here we go. You can close your eyes when you're ready. Try to find a nice, tall, seated position. So you really want to feel an elongated spine. It's okay if you use the back jack, but just try to let your own spine be what lifts you up. And we're going to take three calming breaths. So you're going to inhale at your own pace. And then when you're ready, open your mouth. Big exhale. Nice. Two more times. Just begin to feel. Feel the energy inside your body. Feel your heart beating, your breath moving. And just surrendering to the natural flow. your hips on the floor. Feel your shoulders dropping from your ears. Let your hands get heavy. Just begin to notice your heart space. No need to control or to manage or to expect anything. Just become aware. take three clearing breaths. When you're ready, inhale, fill your belly up. Find something to release. And then when you're ready, exhaling, just allowing and trusting it to be transmuted to the highest and best. As the Reiki begins to come through, just creating your level of comfort and receiving. Once again, can you let go of any expectation 
any controlling. And just allow yourself to feel. Remembering Reiki is with the intention for balance and harmony. And keeping the eyes closed. When you're ready, bring your hands in front of your chest as if you're holding a small ball. And just trust yourself. There's no right or wrong way. And come back to the heart. Come back to the breath. Begin to imagine light coming from behind your hands. You could call in your own guides. You could call in source, Reiki, healing light, whatever feels right for you. And allow that light to come from behind your palms and through your hands. And then begin to pull the hands away from one another and gently back towards one another. Just playing with this field of light, this healing energy. And in your own time, in your own way, gently place your hands around your heart. And then allow that light to flow from the back of the hands, through the palms, and into the body. Gently bring the hands back in front of the chest and then place them on any part of the body that you feel is open and needing this healing light. And you can place the hands on the body or hover them a few inches away. Relax the shoulders. Soften your breath and just allow this healing flow. This light to come through, bringing balance and harmony 
the mind, the body, the spirit. And you're welcome to stay here or bring the hands back in front and try one more place if that feels right. to prayer at the heart center and allowing one color to come through and radiate through the entire body. Any color that appears, just trust it and allow the body to fill up with that light. all the way through the crown, down through the arms, through the fingers, down the chest, the back, through the organs, the pelvis, the root, down the legs, out through the soles and every toe in the feet. Feel the strength in your connection to your body the health and the possibility in your mind, and the enormous bright light that is you and your soul. Namaste. Ten Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edan, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielek, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks Podcast, and join us there.